is the Gridiron Guys Podcast with Anthony Stalter and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Gridiron Guys. I'm Anthony Stalter alongside Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been a interesting week, Kerry, when it comes to the news in the NFL. It's the third preseason week. We're recording this on Friday, August 25th. And again, this is going to be the last weekend of preseason. And then I think, what, September 10th? Is that the first game? September or maybe 7th. So September 10th the, might be the first, the first Sunday. weekend. Yeah, September 7th is the first weekend. Chiefs-Lions. Chiefs-Lions. Opening a, night. It's a wonderful time, man. Football season is here. You just get, clap it up for football season. We got college football too. We got like the, the weeks here. I don't care. I don't care that it's. I was I was listening to somebody. They're like, oh, we, you know, they, these games aren't. I don't care. It's Hawaii, football. Give me Hawaii and Vanderbilt. It's football. It is football. It's what we do. Damn right. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to actually start with the Jonathan Taylor situation, and then we're going to open up the conversation and talk about young quarterbacks, and we're going to start off with what's going on in San Francisco with with Trey Lance, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast with our sleeper team, a team that did not make the playoffs last year that we see could make the playoffs this year be, be a little bit of a surprise. Kerry, I wanted to ask you about Jonathan Taylor. So the Miami Herald reports that the Dolphins have made at least one trade offer for Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. And Mm -hmm. the Colts, of course, earlier this week informed Jonathan Taylor that he he can seek out trades. What are your thoughts, not just with the Dolphins, but what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and the notion that he could be dealt at at any point this season before the trade deadline? I I think that Every owner in the NFL is basically sending out a signal to any running back on any team, including their own, that we we don't love you. We don't care about you. We'll replace you as soon as you walk out the door. And we've kind of seen that story, that saga play out all offseason. You saw it with Austin Eckler. You've seen it with Saquon Barkley. You're seeing it with Jonathan Taylor, where he was away from the team for a few weeks, and now he's back uh, allowed to go look for a trade but what does the trade market look like? What is, where would he end up? Where could he end up that could be best beneficial for him and for the the Colts or whatever they wanted to receive in return? I just think that the running back market is so un- – and me being a former fullback, former running back, uh, it just – it's disheartening because I know how much work is put into that position, how much – uh, of a grind that position is for guys to really go out there, carry the ball 15 to 25 times a game. You got 11 people looking to harm you every time you touch the football. And so I, th- I just think it's a difficult position that they're put in. Jonathan Taylor is in, in an unenviable position right now because he's a very good running back. But what leverage does he have going forward at this in, at this point of time right now? I care. I think he's. I think. I think he's screwed. I think the Colts did this for a specific yeah. reason. I think Chris Ballard, the GM, looked at it and said, "Okay, we're at an impasse here. We don't want to pay him top dollar. We're, no, no, no. We're not gonna pay him top dollar. There you go. So we're not gonna pay him <laughs> top dollar. And he, if if he's not gonna play, then we'll just say, okay, go ahead." Go see what your market is. Yeah. Because Chris Ballard knows that no team's going to give up a first-round pick for him. No way. And that's what he wants. Yeah. That's what they say. Hey, go, go see. We want to just go get us a first-round pick, Jonathan. There's not a GM in the in the league that's going to pay a first-round pick for a running back. And Chris Ballard knows that. Yeah. 
So Jonathan Taylor goes out and he sees his market might not be that strong. Mm-hmm. So maybe he comes back and he plays on essentially because this is his last year, right? Or, uh, fourth year, he should be. Um, he was a sec- wasn't he a second rounder? Was he second, it is his fourth year, so it might be a, he can be franchised next year. Okay, so I believe. Jonathan Jonathan Taylor go maybe the Colts are thinking he comes back. He understands that his market isn't what he thought it was. And he's just going to have to perform. And the Colts will kick the can down the road, and maybe they franchise him next year. But Chris Ballard knows that Jonathan Taylor's market isn't great. Why else would Why else would Chris Ballard throw out his best player, throw his best player into the trade market? Because he knows. He knows how GMs think. He knows what, what GMs, what head coaches are thinking right now too. Mm-hmm. Every head coach is in love with its in love with his roster, right? Because he's been with the you know the the head coaches has been with his respective players now since rookie minicamps and OTAs and training camp now preseason. Jonathan Taylor's a great player, but coaches again they they've, they've already fallen in love with their certain certain roster. They, right. they think this is what my, I got to pare down my roster so that we're going to look at it for week one. They're not thinking about Jonathan Taylor. And GMs aren't going to pay that price. Not so at all. I think this is a ploy similar to what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. 100%. Lamar, they said, okay, Lamar, hey, no problem. Go out, go out, see what your market is. And I think Lamar realized that the market, no, nobody was going to pay him what Deshaun Watson got in guaranteed money. So he, he went back to Baltimore and figured they, they ironed things out. And now everybody's happy. Yeah. But I think this is a similar move. It won't end up in the same way that it did for Lamar Jackson. No. He got paid. It may not have been the, the, the number that he was looking for, but he did get his contract. He did get paid. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, again, GMs are looking at, at running backs. I can draft you. You can be on our team for four years. We'll franchise you. After that fourth year, if we can't pick up your rookie option, if you're not a first-round pick, which Jonathan Taylor was a second-round draft pick, so he'll be franchised this year. After this year, if uh, if the Colts do do decide to keep him, and if he decides to stay, he'll he'll be franchised. And then they'll say, okay, have at it. We'll see you soon. We're going to go draft another running back, your replacement. And here you are. I think Jonathan Taylor is 24 years old right now. Will probably be 25. He'll be 25 in January of next year. So at the end of the season, he'll be turning 25. He will more than likely get franchise tagged. And at the end of his 26-year-old season, Mm -hmm. he will be looking for a job. And that's the part where if you're a running back, it is extremely frustrating. It's unfortunate. But that's just the way that this business is going right now. And I honestly don't know how you fix it or if it can be fixed. It's almost to the point where, you know, you you may have to put some type of stipulation where you can only get franchised once, and then you got to go ball. Mm-hmm. Like, re- I mean, really, 2,000 yards ball. Like Adrian Peterson, CJ2K <laughs> type of ball. And yeah. like that type of season, 30-plus touchdowns, LaDainian Tomlinson type of season in order to get that payday the following year after your franchise. Because other than that – what 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 option do you have other yeah. than waiting at the mercy of of whatever team decides to pay you whatever contract? Go one year deals, which nobody wants to do. That's the thing. Go, so go one year deals. That to me is the best way to go about it. If you're a running back, one year at LeBron has started doing that in basketball. Darrell Revis did that later on in his career. One year player option for the second year, yep. or you know that is the best way to go about it. But now you are really taking your career one year at a time and saying, all right. I'm going to do this one year at a time, and and hopefully, prayerfully, I do ball out, and mm-hmm. I don't miss six games with a high ankle sprain or or with an MRI. I mean, with an MCL torn MCL or something that is causing me to miss time. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough 
position that these running backs are put in right now. And it's unfortunate. I forgot to even mention Josh, Josh Jacobs, who's in Las Vegas, hasn't reported is not there because his contract issue is still waiting to figure out what are the Raiders going to do with him. They're, they're not. Nothing. Right. They, they told you what they're going to do. You're yep. going to come play football on, one on, on this deal or you're not. Yes. And it's, it's unfortunate for a position that does so much in this league. This is the only position that blocks – catches and runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got tight ends, they block and catch. You got receivers, they block and sometimes run. I mean, they run, they catch and sometimes run. R- running backs do it all. And so it's uh, it's unfortunate right now that they are in this position. I wonder if we have a trailblazer at some point, and, and it's a running back, it's a really good running back, and he says, okay, uh, Man, maybe I want to reset. I want, yeah. And and maybe it's a situation five years from now where he says, okay, I'll take I'll take the one-year deal. Mm-hmm. I want to I make top running back money. You're gonna pay me that for one year. Yep. No problem. No no commitment beyond that. And then next year, you wanna pay me another you wanna pay me again? We're gonna reset the market right. again. And you just go that way. Yep. And you're betting on yourself over and over and over again. That's a scary thing. It is, but at least you're getting guaranteed money. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary year, thing. That's the only thing that's guaranteed. That's it. Because you could sign a four year, fifty million dollar deal. Right. But if there's only twenty six twenty six million in guaranteed money, that's all you're guaranteed right. as it is. Right. So there's there's really you're almost kind of working on it. teams don't want to do the four year because they don't want to screw up their cap right they're okay going one year you will make money I don't right. think this is about making money you'll make more money you'll make more more yeah. money but you, you gotta stay, stay healthy. healthy and you got a ball <laughs> like you're saying yep all right Carrie let's talk about Trey Lance 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan said earlier this week that the most likely scenario for Trey Lance is him opening the season as the team's QB three <laughs> behind Sam Darnold and behind uh, Brock Purdy. I said this two weeks ago, Gary. After watching Trey Lance a couple of times in the preseason, if you listen to the fast lane in St. Louis, 101 ESPN, I had noted, I said, Trey Lance is going to be the third stringer. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the 49ers have been telling us what they think about Trey Lance since preseason of last year. Right, They were willing to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo until halfway through the preseason when Kyle Shanahan – probably went to John Lynch and said, <laughs> yeah, no. go apologize to Jimmy G and get his ass back in here. They have been telling us, yeah. Shanahan has been telling us what he thinks of Trey Lance. Let's not let's not forget too, Kerry, that this, Mike Lombardi has covered this extensively in mm-hmm. his podcast. The 49ers made the decision, I shouldn't say the 49ers, John Lynch wanted Trey Lance. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. Okay. Shanahan felt like Mac Jones was going to be a better fit for his offense than Trey Lance. John Lynch saw Jimmy G and his ceiling and said, we need somebody that can elevate this offense more so than what Jimmy G is doing. So you look at Trey Lance, even though he hasn't played a lot of football, big arm, he can run a little bit. Hey, we're going to go for the quarterback as opposed to the best fit. Right. We're going to go with the athlete as opposed to the best fit. So they make that deal to go up, and and John Lynch convinced Kyle Shanahan this is going to be the guy. And Shanahan, ever since that point, over and over and over again, has told us without telling us. He ain't the guy. Trey Lance is not a fit. <laughs> and as soon as Brock Purdy stepped in and did what he did a year ago, Trey, the, it was over for Trey Lance, right. in my opinion. Right. And then they saw him sign Sam Darnold who is a more decorated, because he was a, he was a higher draft pick, but a more decorated version of who? Brock Purdy. Yeah. So uh, this doesn't surprise me at all when it comes to Trey Lance. Before we get into his future, though, what are your thoughts? 
I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I'm looking at you. the questions going into that draft pick of Trey Lance, moving up, trading away draft capital, uh, removing yourself from that position and moving up to go get him was a little bit interesting at that time. He's been often injured. He hasn't been able to be on the field a lot. And when he is on the field, you haven't seen anything that that makes you say, oh, yeah, yeah all right, that's it. Like the, the one game he played last year was the Rain Bowl versus the Bears. And, and so you could use that as an yeah, excuse. Hey, right. It was sloppy. You couldn't really tell. But I think to your point, when you're looking at what Kyle Shanahan has done and what he wants, you would think – that a mobile quarterback, a guy that can boot because they run the ball so effectively, can get outside of the pocket, can run and 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 make passes on the run. You would think that Trey Lance would be the perfect fit for what Kyle Shanahan is doing, but that tells you that he's not doing it well enough. Right. That Trey Lance is not performing at a high enough level. Maybe he's not retaining the information. Maybe he doesn't know what in the world he's looking at when he's looking at defenses, pre-snap, post-snap, trying to figure out what the hell is in front of him. I'm going to tell you this, as a quarterback, if you can't tell what the hell is happening in front of you, you ain't a quarterback. You you, you can get a clipboard and you can jot down plays and you can watch football from the sideline and have the best view in the house, the best seat in the house. But if you are unable to process things that are happening in a split second right in front of you, you're not going to have success in this league because things move too fast and people move too fast and the coverages can change in the blink of an eye. And so he's clearly struggling – retaining information or processing what he's seeing right now in real time. And and again, if you can't do that at this level, you're not going to out-athlete anyone. <laughs> like, these yeah, are there, the there best. Is, these, are the, yeah, you you, know. these are the best of the best athletes. So you're not going to be able to out-athlete any of them unless you're one of those Michael Vick supreme type athletes who mm. is better than most of the athletes on the field. It's, it's a tough situation for him. And the, the the thing that's crazy to me is he may not be quarterback three. I mean, Brandon Allen, they may end up moving him and, and move Brandon Allen up to quarterback three. But this is a team, if there was a team, any team, that needed to keep four, maybe five quarterbacks, it would probably be the San Francisco 49ers. Sure. I wouldn't trade him because you spent too much to get him. And so I understand maybe we just cut ties, we cut our losses, we we, we don't worry about it. But I wouldn't trade him just yet because I think – at some point, potentially, just based off of the history of what the San Francisco 49ers have done, you may need that third quarterback, and you may need a guy that can make a play. Yeah, absolutely. If he Jared. can make a play, I, this is this is. I don't think I don't think his his career is going to be in San Francisco. But to your point, maybe they keep keep him as a number three for the rest of the season and just kind of see what goes on with Brock Purdy. But Trey Trey Lance and I I love what you said too about processing. We talked about this before the draft. I was listening to Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's podcast, which mm-hmm. is great, by the way. And Travis Kelsey was talking about one of the things that makes Patrick Mahomes special is his ability to process. And he was telling a story about how they they went to uh, watch like a, a volleyball game with their significant others. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes was like sitting in the car going over film and taking notes and kelsey looked at the notes and it was it was unbelievable meticulous yes very detailed detailed (laughs) and but when he gets on the field he's able to process information at a very high rate yeah tom brady peyton manning um mahomes justin herbert these are guys that can process information at lightning speed right and if you can't do that as a quarterback 
you're you're probably going to struggle. You might still be a, an average starter, but if your mind isn't right and your footwork and your you know when you watch Trey Lance, his, his feet his feet don't match up with his arm. Right. He and, and when it comes to accuracy and everything with Kyle Shannon, that that's number one. So everything starts from the ground up. Yeah. So <laughs> Kerry, if you if you're Trey Lance and you go to this is not a player that went to a bad team. Right. Went to a really good organization. We can expand this yeah. conversation and talk about, you know, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and and even Sam Darnold and other guys that have faltered. He did not go to the Jets. No. He went to a team He didn't go to the Browns. No. He went to a team that is loaded on both sides of the ball with a coach that often gets the most out of his quarterbacks. And so far, I know he hasn't played a lot of football, but so far he 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 just has it hasn't clicked. For he him. was drafted to a team that had made it to the Super Bowl two years prior. Had, had just missed out on winning a Super Bowl. Had still had a lot of the same pieces and 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 parts that were there on that Super Bowl team that that lost to the uh, Chiefs. But when you talk about Patrick Mahomes and and those quarterbacks, how meticulous they are, there is so much that you can learn just from watching film. And we're not talking okay, this is the scheme, this is the coverage they're going to be in. You learn about people. You learn about how they stand. You learn about where they align. The one thing people – and I, I, Troy Palomalu, to me, is the greatest defensive player that I've ever played with, the most intelligent defensive player that I've ever played with, and probably that I've ever seen. Because Troy could tell you, based on down and distance, based on where the receiver was aligned, based on the formation – probably with a 90% uh, uh, accuracy, what play was coming. And it was a sight to behold. It was just, that's why people, were, he, he has great instincts. Yeah, he does. He has great instincts. But you also, you know what he also has? He has an ability to study that film and know exactly what this offensive coordinator and this quarterback and this offense is going to do at this time. And so now... I have my natural athletic God-given ability coupled with my studying habits and my will to just go make a damn play, and now I'm in the Hall of Fame. And that is what you learn. That's what I learned from watching Troy, the importance of film, and it helps. It assists. It allows you to be correct even when you should be wrong. So mm. I don't know Trey Lance's studying habits. I don't know – you know, he's probably he's 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 a he's a hell of an athlete. So at times you're able to get away with not great technique, not great habits when you are a better athlete. But again, at this level, the athleticism is everyone has it. And so you have to figure out a way to become even better by your studying habits and making sure you know exactly what's going on every snap. Gary, I think this conversation can can expand too to fit, right? I mean, when it comes to quarterbacks, really any any player for that matter, but quarterbacks specifically if you're not a fit for that offense, yeah. you are going to be you're going to you're going to be out of the league or you're going to be a backup or you're going to be, you know, with another team quickly. And yeah. I think that's what winds up happening. I always go I always refer to Bill Walsh in this in this case. So Bill Walsh with that West Coast offense, he was able to to watch a player like Joe Montana or watch a player even like Rich Gannon. Apparently he loved Rich Gannon because there was something in Rich Gannon's footwork that matched up perfectly with his offense. Mm-hmm. Now, he, Rich Gannon wound up going, I think, to, I don't know, the CFL or one of the other leagues and then eventually coming back to the right. NFL uh, and excelled with John Gruden. Yeah, similar. Yeah, with the similar, Raiders. Yeah. 
Uh, or maybe I'm sorry, it was it was somebody else at that point because I think Gruden was with the box. But and then he, then with the Raiders at some point. Yeah, yeah, he went to he was he was Raiders then box because the box traded for him. Yeah, either way, he Gannon wound up having a lot of success in the West Coast offense when he came back to the NFL. But Bill Walsh always knew that he needed a quarterback to fit perfectly into his system. Joe Montana may not have fit in everybody's system. Right. He may not have fit in. Eric Coriel's system, and we say, and, and that might that, that might sound like an insult to Montana because like hey, this is one of the best, this is one of the best ever. But the point the point is is that if 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 you don't have an offensive coordinator or a head coach that's calling the plays, m- marry his system to the quarterback, or find a quarterback that marries to his system. Correct, you, you're screwed. Yep, and I think that is what happens more times than not. I agree. You know the Jets, the Browns. He seems to have made mistakes with quarterbacks over and over and over again. They have never married this the the player with whatever system it is. It's like new head coach, new GM, <laughs> new quarterback. Yeah. This is going to be the guy. Yeah. Did you stop and think what what does this quarterback do well so that we can fit him with this specific play caller? Well, I think in in Trey Lance's situation, I felt like they probably thought they had that, which is why they went to go get that style of quarterback. The The knock on Jimmy G was, what, he's always injured and he doesn't have the big arm to make those throws. We want to be more explosive. The right. offenses always want to be more explosive. We got all these guys that can catch passes. We got George Kittle. We got uh, Debo Samuel. We got guys that can run the football. Now we've added Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. We got guys. Yeah. So we need a guy that can throw the ball and make big plays downfield. And you would assume that Trey Lance had that when you watch all the the tape and the study and the workouts. And I, uh, wait, let me stop because the the notion that we not we because I'm not this damn dumb. <laughs> GMs go look at people in t-shirts and shorts and decide I want that guy is maddening to me. Stop that nonsense. Watch the film, man, yeah. and marry the two thoughts together. If he stinks on film, just because he looks good in a t-shirt and shorts, that's right. not the uh, the guy you want to draft. Right. I don't think. But either way, so <laughs> you're right though. You're right. That but, they, notion, but they fall in love with the athlete. They fall. They in love fall with... in love with the potential. Yeah. And the potential is the most dangerous word in sports to me. Because yep. it means something that you have not seen, but you believe is there. Yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, Santa Claus. Right. You ain't seen him. You think he's going to be there on Christmas Day if he's not. And he often is, kids. He often is. He often is. He always delivers. Yes, yeah. he does. <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, but, no, you're right. You're right, Kerry. And and you fall, in love with the, you fall in love with the arm strength. You fall in love with this. You fall in love with that. You fall in love with the size. And you say, this is, this is, this is perfect. This is who we need. This guy's right. going to be a savior. And then you put him in an offense – and the offense doesn't maximize his strengths, or you don't have enough around him. You're not a talented team, and then that player winds up being traded, right? Or he, you know, he he gets or put out in of that the bust, Yeah, that bust yeah. category. You, that's that. You can. There's a quarterback that had a hell of a season last year, that was on that train out of the league, yeah. and that's Geno Smith. Smith. He was on that train. He was on his way out, and finally found an offense that did that suited him, that he could play in, and and what he did well. They just went after that, and he did it. He had an had an outstanding season last year, and and looks to possibly continue that. But yeah. that's part of the game, man. You have to you have to draft people, and you have to work. And but it's on the player also. I don't want to. I can't put this solely on John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan. What the hell are you doing? You no, you drafted a guy that is extremely athletic, extremely gifted. Does he have the work ethic to put in the work to get better every single day? Does he have the the ability to process what is going on? 
And most times you don't know that until you're with a person every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this person can't co- he, he can't comprehend what we're doing. Right. And we can't dumb it down anymore. Yeah. We're at the base level of what we do trying to get him to understand it, but we're impacting everyone else on the roster. So, you know, I don't know that that's what Trey Lance's issue is. I don't know, but it, it's something. If you're a first-round pick and you're the third quarterback three years into your career, not the second string, not, and you're not behind a, a future Hall of Famer, you are – <laughs> way back. Yeah. So here here we are. That hard that that work ethic it reminds me of Jalen Hurts. Jalen yeah. Hurts has the he, he has he, the work yes. ethic. And and and, and the talent. extremely intelligent. Yes. Extremely and, intelligent. Yeah, his ability to process information yes. too. And now he's in the right offense, yep. you know. So uh what do you think so far? Let's let's talk we'll expand it to some of these other young quarterbacks. I don't know at this point if we can make anything out of CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I mean these Yeah, it's still early for them. Yeah, and and Frank Reich, I just hope he doesn't get Bryce Young killed before we have an opportunity to watch him because he get broken down. Boy, that looks that looks rough thus far. But and I'm and again this is a not this is not a knock on Bryce Young, but uh, one of the, one of the other guys is not a rookie. He's been around a couple of years now. But Jordan Love, what do you what do you think thus far? Of Jordan I am Love? excited about Jordan Love, and I, I, as crazy as it sounds, for as bad as the transitions have been for the Packers, when it was Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, it worked out for the first one, and it feels like this one is going to work out as well. Jordan Love, you know, I, we talked about this in in one of our first podcasts. Who had the upper hand? Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, he had the upper hand because the Packers needed him to leave so they could see what they had in Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. They needed that. And so now they're seeing, I think Jordan Love is is going to be really good in that offense. It's not new. It's not a new offense that he's just learning. He's on his fourth season. And so he has a very good grasp, or should have a very good grasp of this offense. He's got young receivers. He got a talented running back, uh, running backs yeah, that too. can that can that can help ease some of that pressure up off of him. And so I think Jordan Love is going to have a really good year. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Green Bay Packers are much better in that division than most people Thank think they you. will be. Yeah. Thanks for coming up. You, I'm on. I, I've been, I'm, I'm. I'm right there. I've been it's, saying this. It takes me a while, brother. That's I'm sorry. fine. Hey, you know what? I'm. I'm, I'm just glad <laughs> that you and I are in sync now. <laughs> I have thought that. I have yeah. thought that with 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 the Packers. One, they have a much. Here's here's the thing that I only I only feel now that st- people are starting to talk about. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm wrong all the time. Okay, but this is one of the things that I happen to be. I, I was. I I believe I'm going to be right about. The thing that we're not talking enough about when it comes to the Jets and the Packers is we kind of compare the two because of the Rodgers situation is Green Bay has a significantly better offensive line. Yes. The Jets' offensive line is in the is in the bottom 10. Yes, they're struggling. Aaron Rodgers went to, we could talk about, oh, Garrett Wilson and all, you know. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook now. It doesn't matter who his running back is or his wide receiver if he's looking out his ear hole. It doesn't matter. That's the that's the most beautiful thing about this sport, man. You can have it's like having you got a Ferrari, you got you got a Lamborghini. It don't got an engine in it, bro. You ain't going nowhere. It looks pretty, man, but it doesn't move. The offensive line is the engine. It's the thing that's going to make this whole thing run. What happened to Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl against Tampa? It wasn't great. Did he have Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah. Did he have Tyreek Ty- Hill? They were both yeah. there. Did he have Andy Reid? Yeah. Okay. What he, happened? He had a lot of a lot of looking up from being on his back. Got his from ass kicked because <laughs> his offensive line couldn't stop that front seven for yep. Tampa. Yep. This is the thing we're not talking about enough with the Jets. But as we switch back to the Packers, the Packers got a solid O-line. Yes, as you do. mentioned, two capable running backs. Not yep. just one in Aaron Jones, but two in A.J. Dillon. 
He's he's got Christian Christian uh, Christian Watson who can who can run, mm-hmm. and he's got you know a couple of other Romeo young guys. Dobbs, they, Romeo, I think, Romeo Dobbs is I think going to be really who was the good. second round pick too that uh, they, they selected. Second round pick they got Dottavian. No, they got Romeo Dobbs last year in the second round, and they got in the fourth round they got Christian Watson in the second round last year, uh, and then Jaden Reed this year in the second round. Okay, there you go. Yep, they've they've got they've. It, Stop! I, it drives me like Buffalo. The conversation with Buffalo. You know what they need? <laughs> they need a second receiver. No, they don't. They need That's to be tougher. Diggs is they need to be now. tougher in the running game. <laughs> Stephon Diggs is great. You've got Gabe Davis is capable. Hey, he's like, don't bring another damn receiver in here. Right. Throw me the ball. You drafted another tight end. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? You ha- guys, you don't need. 19 receivers. Nah. I get I, the Bills are one example of this. Sorry for the rant. I'll get on a soapbox yeah. here again. The Falcons are another one. Yeah. Uh, everything I'm reading, you know what they don't have? They don't their depth at wide receiver sucks. Really? <laughs> because they drafted Kyle Pitts, who's a wide receiver. Right. Stop with the tight end yeah. stuff. They drafted Kyle Pitts, who's a wide receiver. Drake London. They drafted Drake London, who's a wide receiver, and they've drafted Bijan Robinson, who they love and apparently he's going to be he's going to be in the slot a lot. <laughs> And they 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 signed Mac Hollins, who's a deep threat. That you don't need four uh, four wide receivers. There's only one football. Yeah. You know what you do need? Protection. Big fellas up front. You know I coach high school football, right? Yes, sir. So I often get people asking me or telling me, "Hey, I got a kid. He's coming to coming to your school. They they they're moving into the district. They'll be at your school. Hey, yeah. What position does he play? Wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. Right, okay, okay, cool. All right. He he's a DB. Oh, cool. Right. Thanks. Does nothing for me. He's an offensive lineman. He's 6'4", 300. What's your name, sir? (laughs) When's his birthday? I'd like to take him out to to dinner. How did you say he was? Yeah. Do you need a ride? (laughs) Do you need? I'll meet you. You need help when it comes to the moving. Come on, man. Yeah. Because that's what matters. The big people up front, they don't get enough credit. They don't get enough love. But the big people up front are the ones that make the team go. And this Green Bay Packers team has a really good. Uh, front front offensive line up front mm-hmm. of uh, Jordan Love, and I think they're going to be really good this year in that division. I, I like so them. So do I. Yeah, I like them. Uh, one, one final note on this, too, and I, I've, I don't know if I brought this up on this podcast or other other shows, but, Kerry, when you think about Matt LaFleur's offense, mm-hmm. he comes from the same coaching tree as Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. They want their quarterbacks to operate a lot of play action. Which means what? It means turning around, turning your back to the defense. Yep. The thing that Aaron Rodgers did not want to do is turn his back to the defense. It was mm-hmm. one of his things. He didn't want to. And of course, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a future Hall of Famer. Matt LaFleur never made him do do a lot of boots right. and things like that. He never Aaron Rodgers never turned his back to the defense. We we haven't I bring this up to say this. We we haven't really seen Matt LaFleur's offense. Right. We've seen Matt LaFleur's offense with Aaron Rodgers. Right. You're going to get Lafleur's offense now with Jordan Love. Yeah. So and, and I'm that, intrigued. That back to the defense, it sells everything. Yes. Because now I can't tell where the ball is. Yes. Did you hand it off? Hell, I don't know. Are you are you booting out? Hell, I don't know. Yep. Every play looks the same to a defense, and so I'm chasing this running back down. Eh, the quarterback's bootlegging out to the right side, and mm-hmm. he's got a receiver wide open in the flats. You got a linebacker, so tight end crossing over, and, and, and a 10-yard pass is going to turn into a 35-yard pass. Catch and, catch and run. Yeah, yeah. that, that – I think the Green Bay – I'm coming along, man. I, I'm there with you now. Good man. All right. Lee, <laughs> hey, let's end Let's end here. 
Let's talk about sleeper. And I don't I don't know I don't know if you want to go like one sleeper, one deep sleeper, but a team that that will make the playoffs this year that missed the playoffs a year ago. Would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? I think Green, Green Bay is my team. Okay. I and, and a lot of the reasons that I just I just illustrated. I, I realize that Aaron Rodgers not not being there, you know, everybody's like, or they're writing off the Packers. I think Jordan Love is capable right. in a bad division. Because I'm not completely so. I think the Lions are going to be very competitive. I agree. I think the Vikings are going to be explosive offensively, and I love Brian Flores, but that defense I'm, I'm is not going to take a step back from the Vikings this year. I th- they won a lot of close games yeah. last year. Yes, and when the ball starts bouncing <laughs> the other way, yeah, I think the Vikings take a step back this year. I, I, I do too. I think the loss of Dalvin Cook is going. I love Alexander Madison. He is a great number two running back. I don't know if he's going to be a great number one running back. I know he's not Dalvin Cook. Right. And so I don't know how well this offense is going to run uh, playing the running game. And so we'll see how that happens. Justin Jefferson is obviously who he is. He's going to get <laughs> 25. Uh, he's going to get 18 catches, 18 yeah. attempts a game, targets a game. They're going to throw the ball his way. You got Jordan Addison over there. I think they're going to be really good. But that Green Bay Packers team in that division – it's going to be a a really good season for them. I agree. I think that's a team that and, – and here's the thing that we don't talk about or haven't talked about enough. They had a chance to make it to the playoffs last year. Yeah, they blew it. They they blew it to the yep. Lions. They had a win-and-you're-in situation. It was a home playoff game, And the Lions – Yeah, the Lions who had nothing to play for. They couldn't make it to the playoffs because Seattle had already won. Mm-hmm. They were – in the role of just being spoilers to their division rival, yep. and they did a good job of it. But I think this team, I do think the uh, Green Bay Packers next season, this season, excuse me, will be really good. So, who's yours? Come on, man! You're gonna go home or out? Oh, all the way. Have I you thought watched about these going home or out myself? But have you watched them play three and zero in preseason? Three and zero in the preseason, seven and nine to end last season, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Two Gloves. He, he has smaller hands. He's a he's a he's not a wee lad, but he's got little hands. He is a guy that I think is going to make a step in his second year as quarterback. I was on the I was on the the fence of whether or not Matt Canada should be coming back as the OC this year because I I hated his offense. I I hated it, but. I think that they have more explosive players. Chase Claypool is no longer there. You got Calvin Austin. You got Deontay Johnson. You got George Pickens who. Man, if you if you love football, like if you really love football, watch George Pickens play. Watch George Pickens practice. I'm telling you, this this young man is going to be a superstar in this league, and all you got to do is throw him the ball. He, if you want to know who George Pickens is, go back to the Georgia versus Michigan game where he looks at the receiver, and I mean the DB, and tells him, come here, mm-hmm. and then shoves him into oblivion. Like, just get the hell out of my face, little fella. Like, that's who George Pickens <laughs> is from start to finish, top to bottom. He is a dog for real on that football field. So I love what they have offensively. And he was a Spartan, by the way. You said Michigan. I'm just I, no, 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 no. It was versus Michigan. He was at Georgia. Oh, he was at Georgia. He's at That's Georgia. right. Yeah, he's, My bad. he's at Georgia. My bad. I thought he was, they, for some reason I thought he played mm-hmm. at state. No, 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 no. He was um, he was a Georgia Bulldog. You're right. And so he uh, he he he. When I tell you, he blew the hell blew the hell out of this DB for Michigan, blew him off the ball and and just pushed the hell out of him just because he felt like it. That's my kind of guy. <laughs> he is a Pittsburgh Steeler in the mold of what we know our receivers to be. Going to go make plays, make excellent plays downfield, and do wonderful things. And, Anthony, I haven't even gotten to the defense. <laughs> this defense, 
is going to be lights out. You get you get TJ Watt back healthy. You got Alex Highsmith who had a hell of a season last year coming off the edge. You got both of those guys rushing off the edge. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I wish you, I wish you the best. And so Cam Hayward's awesome. Cam Hayward, um, and then you go into the secondary. You add Patrick Peterson, who is a he might be a a step slower, right? He might be a step slower, but he's still a very good cornerback. And then you have Minka Fitzpatrick, who is I think one of the best free safeties in the league, yeah, hands down. Um, this defense, this offense paired together, Mike Tomlin, who I know very well. I didn't even mention Pat Fryermuth at tight end, who I think is is another explosive player, and Najee Harris. They got players on this team. And the thing about them, they were young last year. Your quarterback was in his rookie year. You're, you're running back in his second year. Very young guys. They got a year under their belt. They're going to be really good this year. That defense is going to stop people, and they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, yeah, my bet on the state thing. I must have been. I, yeah. I went all the way back to Plaxico Burris yeah. or something, man. I don't know. And he's a big. He's a big receiver like he Plax is, was. He but is. Uh, you know, another guy on that defense that they signed in the offseason, and I'm only. From, I'll be honest. I'm only familiar with him because he he was a Falcon. Demonte mm-hmm. Demonte KZ. Yes. He he. Le- I think when he was in college, he led. Uh, so he played for San Diego State. I think he led the conference in in picks. Really, he was a later round. He was like a, a fifth round pick of okay. the Falcons. The the kid always kind of figures out where where the ball is. Yeah, and you got two guys there, so he's going to play strong safety, which is interesting because I, I he's not he's not Cam Chancellor. He's a smaller safety, right. so I, I think maybe him and Mink are going to be interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah. But you have Minka Fitzpatrick, who you just mentioned. He's always around the ball. Man, Minka is a. And now you got KZ, who I'm telling you right now, if you're a Steelers fan, yeah. you're not, you're unfamiliar. This kid will have five or six picks. Yeah, he'll have a couple of fumble. Like he just, he's always, he always, he's got a knack for turn for for turnovers. Right. I think that that's a good pickup too. And Quan Alexander's not even starting. It's going to be a good team. He's not even man. starting for them. They are going to be a really good team to like watch this one. year, defensively, offensively. They got guys, man, and and that's the. This is probably just because they're younger. With the 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 group that they have now, this is sustainable for a few years. Like you can have a, a three to five year window with this group. They're the, I, I, the only fear that I have. Our freaking division, the AFC itself is tough, but the AFC North, that division with Joey B, Stacked. Lamar Jackson, if Deshaun Watson can figure out life in the way he had. He might. He, he might. <laughs> That's the only fear that I have about this team uh, is the division that they're in. It's a it's one of those divisions where you really got to get after it. But I do like what they have. I do like their potential to be really good this year. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You're right. That division that division all year is going to be fun to watch. Because <laughs> that Cleveland team is not bad. No. At all. No. I mean, they've got, you know, you got you to deal with Nick Chubb. <sighs> If Desha- Deshaun Watson at one point was at least a top seven, if not a top five QB before right. his off-field stuff in Houston came about. And I know he didn't play well last year, but he hadn't played in a year and a half and new situation, shaking off the rust. I would not be surprised if Watson winds up having a uh, significant bounce-back season. I think it's possible. All right, Kerry, that'll do it for us, man. Good stuff as always. We'll be back next week for Gridiron Guys, and then we've got to talk about week one. Let's do it. So I don't know if we'll talk about week one next week. We'll probably just dive into a lot of the storylines. At that point, teams will have their, their rosters pared down, and we'll kind of talk about some of the other headlines that have come out because the headlines are, are constant now with the NFL. But 
For Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. We appreciate everybody listening and being tuned in. Hopefully, you subscribe. Uh, whether you know, however you're listening to the Gridiron Guys, we appreciate it. We're rolling right now, and uh, we're going to continue this next week. So, for Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on Gridiron Guys. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Guys podcast with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Anthony Stalter. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out the Gridiron Guys podcast page at 101ESPN.com.